0: I'm Steve Horan, Head of Private Wealth Management at CFA Institute and we're here today on Tuesday, March 8th in Richmond at our 2011 Wealth Management Conference. We're joined here today by Jeffrey Horvitz, Vice Chairman of a single-family office. Jeffrey is the author of many peer-reviewed uh, journal articles in the investment profession, but most importantly for this discussion he's been involved in the art world since 1974 in various capacities and is on lists as being one of the top 100 collectors of art. And so he's gonna talk to us today about investing in art. Thanks for joining us, Jeffrey. My pleasure. As advisors and in working with high net worth investors, many of us have come across stories of vast wealth being made by investing in art. Um, What can you tell us about the average returns associated with investing in art?
1: There is always an average, but in this case, it probably has no real meaning. The art market is actually a series of markets uh, and a series of tiers and sub-markets, each of which has certain common factors uh, as to how it performs, the nature of dealers and distribution, but where the returns are really quite different and often very specific to the artist, the piece, and the time period. So I wouldn't put much stock in any notion of average return as indicative of what uh, an individual investor or collector might hope to obtain.
0: So we're not dealing with commodities here, so we need to be very cognizant of that. But we nonetheless have these indexes associated with the art world about you know, what uh, impressionists' paintings have
1: done over time and the like. Um, what
0: Can we make any sense of those returns then?
1: Well, you could make some sense as to their approximate order of magnitude, or at least their direction. I'd be more comfortable with just the directionality, up, flat, or down, again for specific sub-markets. Even with a field as narrow as Impressionist painting, and there are very few important Impressionist painters painted for a short period of time, the supply in the market now is quite reduced. So looking at prices of 40 years ago, you'd be talking about substantially different types of paintings and quality than what the average or typical would be today anyway.
0: So because we're talking about real assets, we actually have to talk about some of the the costs that are associated with owning art that aren't necessarily extant with financial assets. What can you tell us about those?
1: They're daunting. Transaction costs, which are really the most important aspect, are either misunderstood or ignored by a large swath of the buying, but not the selling portions of the art market. To give you a rough idea, to approximate round-trip transaction costs, it's easiest to look at the pricing of the duopoly of Sotheby's and Christie's, who have the broadest distribution system. And in those cases, for most lots... With values even into the low millions, the round trip transaction cost, or let me try it with one way. One way transaction cost will be somewhere between 25 and 30 percent. So, as a buyer, you can imagine how expensive that would be. If you're investing, the round trip transaction cost, because first you have to buy it, then you have to sell it, of course, is then somewhere between probably fifty and sixty percent of the gross. The higher the value of the lot, the more reduction you can get in that but until you get to extraordinarily expensive and rather atypical types of art, that's a pretty good estimate. If the financial markets had transaction costs like that we would have no financial markets. You're uh, not
0: painting, dare I say, a pretty picture. Um, Are there any redeeming qualities
1: associated with art, maybe in terms of an inflation hedge or something like that? Probably over long periods of time, it is a fairly decent inflation hedge. And also depending on the type of art, the supply for structural reasons does diminish. The major factors are just physical loss, misplacement, fire damage, deterioration, whatever and the amount that goes into the hands of museums, especially for higher quality things, which are the most liquid and transactable usually, although not always the best performing from an uh, an appreciation point of view. So when, when you have demand increasing, and as world wealth increases, and particularly as the Gini coefficient increases, so that the wealthier Strata of the population worldwide has a disproportionate, a growing disproportionate share of the wealth. They have more highly discretionary funds. So the demand increases for this luxury good, which has generally a diminishing supply, except for the fields, for example, of contemporary art, where it's made daily.:
0: So other than a direct investment in the physical asset, is there any indirect way to access an art market through mutual funds, private equity,
1: ETF, anything like that? The Of late, there have been a number of art funds that have come into the market. I'm very skeptical as to how well those are going to work. They seem to be arguing that somehow they have a special distribution system that will get around the cost that I described for the commission structure of Sotheby's and Christie's, which has the greatest distribution reach of all, but more formidably the conflict of interest in their advisory capacity is staggering because many of the general partner and their advisor may also be dealers in which case imagine you're a dealer and you discover a misattributed Rubens painting and you can buy it for fifty thousand dollars. What's the likelihood you're going to offer this to the fund? Well that's about your only choice. There certainly are no mutual funds it would be hard to imagine mutual funds ETF similarly and derivatives would be truly bizarre
0: so what's your bottom-line advice to an advisor trying to counsel his client about uh, a recently acquired desire to invest in the art world
1: I think if the client is asking the question then the client already doesn't know enough to be doing it and the advisor certainly doesn't know enough to be doing it. So my advice in that case is not to not buy the art, but to not buy it for investment, because um, I think it's this famous saying about poker, if you don't know who the pigeon is at the table, it's you. It's not quite that bad, but the dealers in almost all the fields are very knowledgeable, and and sometimes in remarkably small, low-price fields, like almost minor antiques, in out-of-the-way cities, they're really knowledgeable. You're not, and the advisor certainly is not. It may be that if you can buy well and buy things of the quality that Sotheby's and Christie's would auction, that you you won't lose all the value. And uh, as I believe we may, we wrote for the CFA monograph on uh, investment management for private taxable wealth, there is a category of expenditure that is non-consumption but not quite investment. Art, like second homes, I would, have used, I would have said yachts and planes, but in the last couple of years that may not be the right comparison. But art probably will retain at least a good portion of its value if it's of sufficient quality. And in that regard, you don't lose the entire amount. It's not like drinking a bottle of 1945 Lafitte. The value goes to zero after you've consumed it, although you may get a lot of pleasure.
0: Jeff, thanks for sharing uh, these thoughts and helping us sort through some of the issues of investing in art. Happy to do so. And thank you for joining us. To browse our catalog of other multimedia products, visit us on the web at cfawebcasts.org. Copyright 2011 CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.